0: Welcome to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, and I want to thank you all for being here today. We have special guest Ray Indigo, the founder of Formula Flawless, and today we get into a full spectrum conversation from the heart, the mind, and the sacral. So without further ado, let's dive in with Ray. Welcome, Ray. Yay, you're back. Thank you. (laughs) It's so good to see you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So with our uh, pre-screen time chat, (laughs) we were diving into self-care for those of you that didn't get to listen to that. Um, So why don't we hit on a juicy point that, you know, in our society, we kind of look at self-care being you know doing stuff to our body
1: or going to the spa which are all wonderful things <laughs> i yeah. love i love the spa and i love doing stuff to my body as a yogi but <laughs> so, you know when it comes to self care the the real thing we need to look at is actually the mental emotional body because yeah. the thing is is like let's say you hurt your body in some way if your mind and your emotions are in a good condition you'll be able to make the choices to recover a lot easier but you know what happens is the you know the body gets an injury, but the mind was also totally out of sorts, you know, not working for the, for you. And the emotions are oftentimes really negatively expected. And then recovery, it's like a downward spiral. I, that's what I see. So then self-care is what we have to really define. What does that mean?
0: Yeah. Well, and share a little bit about how one could be, I think it's getting better. You know, there's used to be more of a stigma around mental health in general, but if you could share a little bit more about how someone could be radically honest because I see this a lot in my one on one practice. People will nod, and I'm like, Are you understanding? And they're just not, you know, giving me the nod. And I'm like, I don't think you're listening um, <laughs> like, or ready to be honest. So, if you can share from your perspective and all your wisdom on, you know, that first step of being honest with what's going on in the mind. Because uh, it's hard to like bring it into right action if we're not even cognizant of what's happening with it.
1: Yeah. So, so the the first thing is that you have to add a little bit of discipline to your mental hygiene. And, uh, and I'm going to use this term mental hygiene, which is is very much like physical hygiene. you know in yoga we have our Dinacharya practices, which is, means you know purifying the body, sinus washing, cleaning our gums, our teeth, you know just we keep it in a good thing. we maintain the instrument. but your mind is also an instrument and and just like that, we think that somehow the mind is just fine, but oftentimes people think they are their mind, but their mind has been gathering. It's just been gathering and gathering and gathering impressions, um, judgments, uh, things you don't like, and it holds all of this. And so the mind becomes very, very congested or a little bit constipated. Yeah. (laughs) And so, so when that happens, the side effects, how do you know that that's happening? Um, Negative emotions will happen. So when the mind's full, meaning it's on, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been handled, You'll start to find that your emotional state will drop. You'll feel frustrated, more anxiety, um, upset, or just like someone only says one thing. You feel like you're triggered and ready to explode. These are all indications that you want to sit down and do what I call an accounting. Yeah. And and this this is such an obvious thing when I say it. Everyone knows they should do this but they don't because, we're, because we think that ruminating over the things is the same as writing it down. So what you do is you get a journal, preferably not a device because you'll get distracted. You'll get notifications, write it down. My hand gets tired because I'm so on computers now that I like go through it, deal, deal with the hand cramps. And you sit down and you want to make a list of all the things, first off, that are just stressing you out. So, so these would be what I call open cycles. So an open cycle can be Someone at your work was mean to you, and you want to address it in some way, either internally or verbally. Yeah, that's an open cycle. It's unfinished. So it's there, and it'll kind of pop up throughout the day. You'll think, man, Susie was really, she was really mean to me. And, you know, either I need to handle it internally or I need to say something. Hey, Susie, don't talk to me that way. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's like one thing you take, you really get into this and, and you need to write down at least 10 stressors, but a hundred would be better. So this is like, I didn't do my laundry, need to file my taxes, need to go on a date, like all those things. Yeah. That you, that you ruminate, that you pop up in your mind, you, you get those out onto the page mm-hmm. because this is like sweeping the floor. You got to sweep it and see it. And when it's out on the page, it stops playing out so much in your mind. Now, if you want to get a little bit deeper, then you might want to look at, um, what emotions you're regularly have having and, uh, the work with our emotions, so the emotions in the mind, the mind is like a little drier, the emotions are a little wetter, but they, they go together. How do we know this? Because if you see a person, two people in the same situation, very different kind of mindsets. One, when given, let's say someone walks into the room and it's like, you guys really suck for just whatever reason. So one person who has good mental you know, health will say, wow, that person must be having a bad day. Right. Like, so, so they recognize that's not a normal thing to walk into a room to say, and what's going on with my friend. Whereas the other person who's holding a lot of stuff in the mind, when that information comes in, it hits that stuff in the mind and that stuff sticks to it. And it starts to spin in yoga. We call this Vritis, this spinning whirling quality of the mind. And so then the second person, you know, in response to the, you guys suck is like, who's this person? Why would they talk to me? Like, I don't suck. I'm also, they'll start with a whole like dialogue that's about them trying to justify how that's not true. So in other words, if the mind is is in one way, the first person will feel no emotion except maybe like a compassion. The second person will begin to become disturbed. And so that's, so if you find yourself in situations where you're just disturbed a lot, go home and take kind of this the self-care of mental health and get stuff out on the page. And if you wanna get into the emotions, have a look and say, okay, on Monday, how was my emotional state? Did you wake up depressed with life? Well, just look at that, okay, bummed out. And, and track those emotions and see what ones are really playing out because that's something we're doing something about. It just by But just by observing it, a lot of the work is already done.
0: Oh, yeah. So, and share a little bit about how oftentimes that emotional and mental body, I like how you shared, you know, you're storing too much stuff up there and then the emotions start getting reactive because, you know, the soul's going, you must get this out. Um, But share a little bit how the emotional body can help us uh, regulate and determine how much cleaning needs to happen up there.
1: Yeah. So let's define emotion. So what is an emotion? Uh, an emotion occurs as a result of incoming motion. So, so for instance, if you can remember a time when you felt really in a good mood, enthusiastic, vibrant, full of life, and your boss calls and they're like, Susan, I need you to go and do this. And I need this done. And, I need, and it gives you like a big to-do list. And you're like, okay, cool. And you're like, I got this now. Different day. You're feeling frustrated. You're feeling heavy. You're feeling grumpy. You get the phone call from your boss. And instead of responding with enthusiasm, you respond by feeling put upon. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And you start to resist the thing you need to do. That resistance, that's how you can, how much are you resisting the motion of incoming of the world which you know a communication or someone bumps into you or this is all this moving world how do we experience it and so that's our emotions and and oftentimes you hear about high frequency emotions so we can basically look at emotions as like waves and sometimes we have a nice low still wave but other times we get these jaggedy waves and then sometimes when we're in a very high state it's almost like a wave with no movement it's just barely barely there and so these are like when we're in a state of deep meditation deep awareness or being artistically creative or we're experiencing the beauty of the, what our frequency is is so high it's almost like it's it's there's no density to it and so those are the emotions that we tend to in yoga try to cultivate inside of us so if I'm out in the world and I find myself with the impact of the universe and whatever form it's taking that internally I'm um, generating lower emotions I stop because I know that's a, that's like something's off because why am I why you know even if someone's really awful to me why why do I have to destroy my internal why do I create that emotion yes people are jerks yeah, and I can walk around the whole world and just be like, everyone's a jerk, and I'm miserable. Or I can be like, people are jerks because they don't know how to, you know, that's where they're at, and it has nothing to do with me. So, so if I find myself getting those negative emotions, I stop, I look at it, and I and I really examine that because it's not an enjoyable state. Yeah, and 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 it's not. We oftentimes think that emotions are so very valid. Well, I'm feeling really angry. I'm feeling yeah. frustrated. Yeah, they think that somehow that's super super valid but is it yeah or is it or isn't an indication that you need to do some self-cleaning because if you're going out in the world and everything generates that negative emotional state your whole life will pass like that it's not going to fix itself you have to have a look there does that make sense so so when it comes to like talking about emotions you have to understand what it is yeah and so like the the anger band for instance uh Everywhere from like anger, rage, low gradient anger, which is frustration down to hostility and then hidden hostility where you actually hate someone, but you're hiding it. This anger, (laughs) band, what, what this does when it appears in ourselves or in others, it's an attempt to stop the motion, to stop movement. So if someone's angry, it means there's too much motion and they're trying to stop it. That's all. Now that motion, once the internal environment is usually disturbed, which motion is it? Is it the external or the internal? And the two get very, very mixed up so we don't even know we're just in to upset and that is a state that i see a lot of people are in nowadays because they're so confused and they think the emotion itself is important what's important is how are you why are you generating a certain emotion consistently it's important that's what's important is to understand the process of creating emotions not the emotion itself because you know again same two people in same or same two different people in the same situation totally different emotions are created so which what do we prefer? And for a lot of humans, they love these heavy emotions. It's like an addiction. I mean, they're like a drug. It's a feeling, it's intense. And so when you become more emotionally healthier, you, I don't have many emotions. Most of my day goes by and there's no emotion. Why am I having an emotion? I'm just, being. yeah, there's an emptiness. So, so it's an interesting thing to kind of look at it in that viewpoint of what's going on here in this inner atmosphere.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think we're at a point in our society where we're learning to have emotions in a general sense. <laughs> and then in the yogic practice it is you go beyond. Uh, those are indicators, but they should be subtle indicators, not volcanic um, indicators <laughs> or so forth. Um, share a little bit also in the sentiment of love because that energy, the emotion or feeling of love can be there, but then it can retract based on some other things that could come in. Um, and then, if we get into like divine love, it kind of break that down for us in the emotional body uh, to like the unexplainable.
1: All right. So uh, this word love, so in the West, we use it for a lot of different things. So it's kind of a, it's, you know, it's a beautiful word, but it's kind of doesn't serve us because there's so much confusion, which you just kind of indicated. What about this kind of love and that kind of love? So instead of talking about love, yeah, I'm going to use different words because each of those words will kind of indicate something that we may call the category of love. So for instance, um, but you, if you're going to talk about the category of love, we would say there's conditional love. Now, what is that? That means when you do things that I like, I feel a likingness towards you. Okay. And if someone does a lot of things that we like, we may think, oh, I'm in love with this person, but it's really just a a gathered or aggregate likingness of multiple events and if that same person then changes yeah goes downhill or stops doing things we like so much then we feel like the the love is gone but that wasn't so so we don't really i don't consider that really love i i consider that you know, intense likingness, which is neither bad nor good, but it's transactional. In other words, I want something, you do that something, I feel, you know, I put a positive emotion towards you, but that emotion is a bit greedy. It's not freely giving because it comes with a, a calculation. And this is, I think, what most people mistake for. That's what the definition, that is what most people think of as love. Yeah. So you could call that conditional love. I would prefer to call it intense likingness and they get married and they, you know, and they create all these dramas and they create all these like relationship with intense bonds out of that. Well, I like you when you do this, but if you don't do that, then I'm going to punish you. And then they create these trauma bond relationships that you see are very common, you know, and, uh, that's not, I don't find that very useful if it, if your ability to put out that frequency of liking this is only able to occur if you get what you want. It's kind of like holding the environment a little bit hostage, yeah? But this is a very common thing because people never kind of see above it. Now, what comes above it is what I, I I think of this as like a radiance band. And so what do I mean by that? It's a frequency that's generated um, usually starting here in this area we feel a sensation moving there but it eventually expands out and encompasses the entirety of the physical body and the environment around us so the radiance band it's like um, it's a you can think about this like the sun shines indiscriminately it's not like oh i prefer this tree but you know what you little pine i don't dig you i'm gonna i'm just <laughs> gonna like only throw shade i'm gonna i'm only gonna i like this one i don't like that one so the moment we get out of the likingness thing, we get into the radiance band, which is I radiate this frequency, which is, um, we can call it like a divine love or unconditional love. But again, the moment we use that word love it gets a little bit swampy. So I would say um, radiance. So in other words, when I'm around beings, there's two things that I know about every single thing, including objects, animals, plants, trees, humans, In this universe, they want only two things. Everything they do is to get these two things. And that's attention and admiration. Mm. And it's the thing that we give the least of. Yeah, what what do most people output? They put output criticisms. I'm just trying to improve you. You want someone to improve? Put attention on them and admire them, but you think, but I only want to admire them when they do something I like ah, right back into the likingness band. Listen, that's not going to work for you, honey. It's not going to work for them either. When you indiscriminately admire or profoundly like or radiate this beingness, that's when something grows and improves. Look at how the sun shines, yeah. And so when we when we enter this, even just for a little bit of the day, we enter this, that it, it makes everything around you beautiful. Yeah, because you see it as beautiful. And by seeing it as beautiful, it lights up. So think about this. When someone walks up to you and says, Susan, I love your hair. And by the way, that lipstick looks lovely. Yeah. And when they say that, and it's done, the words don't matter. It's the feeling of the admiration. Someone says that to you, don't you light up?
0: Absolutely, light
1: up, and so that this whole world is yeah. like that. And so it's yeah. the simplest thing to give this indiscriminate radiance. But who does that?
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, we try to do that every day.
1: <laughs> hopefully, we succeed. Though that's yeah. the thing. What's in the way? Like we say, okay, I'm going to try and do that. Well, what stopped you? How real was the thing that stopped you? How powerful are you? So how what? What is it that? It's always stopping people from, you know, what Bob Marley said, could you be love? What does yeah. it mean to be love? This is the radiance band. What is right. stopping? What's in the way? Well, that person, how could I be radiant towards that person? And well, I don't really like soup. So I'm not going to radiate towards the sin You see? So now we're back in the preference band. That's what happens. And people get stuck. They go to try to do it, but they're so attached to what they want from this world, which is why they suffer. What yes. what does a saint do? They walk around and they bless everything. Why? Radiance band. Yeah. All the holy people are in the radiance band. And here's the joke: is when you are like the sun and you like everything and you radiate everything indiscriminately, life is pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, because absolutely.
1: everything around you, is, like, loves you back. But you're not trying to get that. It's just that the whole frequency goes up when you remove the need to evaluate and, you know. There is a time for evaluation. Yeah, if I'm if I'm looking at the quality of an ingredient in my skincare, if I'm looking at a dress I'm gonna buy, yeah, if I'm considering a business relationship, it's not all Pollyanna. I evaluate, yes, yeah. but when I'm done evaluating, I leave it. I don't evaluate then. That. So I, that's a it's a mind that we enter into, and most people are in this mind of evaluation as a defense mechanism because something bad happened to them before. So they get stuck in this, like, I have to evaluate something bad might happen to me something's (laughs) probably going to happen. Listen, you're going through your whole life stuck in the criticizing of life band instead of the radiance band. So more bad stuff will happen to you in that state. And that is why I say your mind needs to be your friend. Otherwise, it's going to be a prison. So you have to get a little bit of understanding of how it works. Awesome.
0: Well, and share a little bit about uh, embodying, because, you know, when I use the word try uh, to the sentiment of that, especially in spiritual practice, people can get really caught up in the words and you're really great about breaking down syntax and reframing. Um, So what happens is they may take in, they may read something and then they regurgitate it, yet they haven't moved into the frequency of it. Because if I go hang out with the sun and the trees, there are no words, you know. It is I like that that use radiance. So I share a little bit on how uh, the listeners might really work towards stepping in to that space of radiance um, and experience. You know, trying it on versus having it be a construct of something they heard and they thought, "Oh, that's a really cool quote." <laughs> like, I'm going to regurgitate that and pretend to be that.
1: Where well. So, so what's in the way? So, so really, it's like what, what's in the way of taking an idea about something, a construct or a concept, yeah? Because it starts as a concept. You, hit, you, you get, it, you're like, wow, I like that idea, yeah. But then how do we bring that into our, our day-to-day life? And um, I recommend um, for this particular one that you, that you practice it seated, preferably outside in nature, if, if that's available. Um, and you sit and basically you begin kind of, and this is where the, the idea of gradient, or where can you start? Because we want to get to the full fruition of the practice, but we probably can't start there. Maybe you can, I don't want to put a limitation, but maybe not. So if maybe not, then you sit. And this is where the other yogas become important. You must correct your posture. That's why we do postural yoga. So you can sit comfortably in the body. But you know, most people is like this. So maybe you sit, you put something behind your back, yeah, yeah against the wall or against the chair. So you have like the support. So the chest is upright. Now it's really important that the chest is in an upright position before you do any practice because you are a uh you're a gas powered engine, this body. So when the lungs are like this, there's no access to the the diaphragm. And this is how most people breathe. So they're breathing with the intercostals or here at the top. And what happens is a side effect of that is that you can't enter into a alpha state because your breath is shallow, which changes the way the brain works. So you'll find that you can't sit still, you're very distracted all of these things. So a little bit of attention in proper posture and then breathing right here into this area, not the lower belly. It's where most people breathe. You want to try to broaden the bottom of the rib cage, which is where the bottom of the lungs are. And when you breathe into this area, it just centers you into the, the moment a lot more. So you would start with some breathing. Now, if you, and what I see is that a lot of people are practicing to get their practice done in a very miserly way. And I must warn about this because it's very common now in the West. It's like you sit down to practice and you're like, oh, I have to meditate for 10 minutes. <laughs> right. And, and, and you resent the practice and you enter it with this getting it done itis. And I want to just say that it's very, very important that you cultivate the right attitude towards practice, which is that this is the best moment of your day. Mm-hmm. Ah, I get to sit and meditate. That is the mood you must have, and you must discipline yourself accordingly. Look forward to this, not the laundry list of things you have to do and the things you're gonna eat. You look forward to this and you make it that way and you decide that it's so. So you sit down with that mood and you lift up your chest and you begin to regulate your breath. And now for for many people, there's a lot of difficulty meditating. I would say, set that idea aside. And then allow the mind to just decompress. So this is where you stay here watching the breath, but the thoughts come up and then you let them go. You don't follow it. And so it's like a decompression, like you're kind of rinsing it out. And you may need a few minutes of this. So don't be miserly, take the appropriate time. Allow the decompression, just watching the breath and making it slower and larger. And be- know that you can do this, yeah? And then once you've done that and you feel that you're able to be and you give yourself permission to be. Now, find a spot. Um, I, I think probably the top of the heart is the easiest right here. And I recommend lightly touching it because the physical sensation will act as a hook for your attention. Lightly touching it. And then once you have a sensation there, just begin to visualize, imagine, and don't look to see if it's happening or not. You'll destroy all your practice if you enter into the state (laughs) of mind of prove it. If you do that, you'll only spend time proving it, not practicing, yes? And then I want you to begin to imagine like like sun rays breaking through the clouds that just a little bit of light comes out. And And as that light comes out, Just kind of have the feeling that it's going and it's hitting something and as it hits something internally you repeat to yourself whatever it hits i know you i like you yeah it's a greeting ah it's you hey it's you i know you i like you and then you repeat this allowing more and more light beams to come out and greeting just the things around you you can do this with the eyes slightly open or closed but not looking around so still eyes, peripheral vision, like in martial arts, either relaxed eyes resting on one point and spreading to the periphery or close, but we're not looking at objects. So you have the sense that there's this beams of light breaking out and you feel them usually out the front body first, and they'll hit things in the environment. And those things you greet and you say, hello, I know you, I like you. And that's you just kind of getting this feeling of of this admiration and radiance and you sit and you just as long as you can allow that to kind of crack open the heart until you get all around the body radiance of light and do this without tension allowing yourself to be kind of as calm and still and nourished as possible and just bringing the attention again back and back to that meditation any thoughts that come up you can say, ah, thank you for telling me not now. And you allow them to go returning to your practice because this idea of directing the attention is like bringing back the rays of attention, bringing back. They go after something, you bring it back. Eventually they stay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so- yeah. So that's what I would do is it's, it's easy. And then the, the the only things that will stop you or cause this to fail will be if you're looking for some sort of physical beam, this is something happening more subtle. Or if you're, if you begin with the internal monologue of I can't do this, or it's not real, because I promise you, this is absolutely real. And I can demonstrate it in an audience, I can change the radiance from my heart. And what and the audience will feel totally different. Yeah. yeah. So this is a, it's a part of yoga known as Rasa, R-A-S-A or mood yoga. And that's very interesting. So this is a, so you just keep your mood light. You do that. You sit as long as you are comfortable and then end your practice.
0: Yeah. And what you're reminding me of when you were speaking is uh, if the listeners can think of a time when they think they meet, they see someone out in public that they know, and they might be really enthusiastic, like, Hey, but then they realize it's a stranger and for whatever reason, the energy shifts back, like, oh, no, I don't really know this person, but you do know them at that level of radiance if you allow it. And the other person comes; they're like, whoa, like, thank you. I buddy. walk
1: around life like this all day. I mean, this is my, it's my, my all day practice, not my 10 minute practice. Yeah. And it's why, you know, if you go with me around, you'll see it. And it's why everywhere I go, people greet me like a friend. Because yeah. I'm doing this on a vibrational frequency consciously. Because what's more important, ruminating about, you know, money and email? No, you walk in the world. you bring the radiance, you bring the presence. This whole world is hungry for it. Be yeah. You know, yeah. spend a little bit of your day being a saint. Then you can leave it if you like. You can leave <laughs> it, go back. So back is always there.
0: Yeah. Oscar the Grouch is always there. Um, Oscar the
1: Grouch is always there. The Gromposaurus <laughs> Rex is always ready and waiting to tell you that the truth is, this is who I really am. And life sucks. And it's hard. And there's no purpose. And, and the world is terrible. And everyone's mean, a lot of mean people. But there's a lot of awesome ones too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in in that sentiment, because there's so much, I think, an explosion, one about people learning how to have emotions. And then two, there's more social acceptance around um, different mental pathologies. However, there can be an attachment and anchoring to a mental pathology. However, if we look at things that they just like our body can regenerate, our mind can regenerate. So can you share a little bit about non-attachment to physical, emotional, and mental uh imprints that may be there temporarily and how one can work to shift those yeah. to where they want so, them to be
1: yeah so we have to talk about this this term um called identity we have to talk about the word identity so identity is like um an identity is like a mask that we put on our face so for instance when I'm, when i'm teaching yoga i put on my yoga teacher mask yeah. If you and I go out for dinner afterwards, I take that mask off and then I'm with you. And I'm not like, let me, I have to always teach you yoga all the time. You know, now I tell you jokes and we chat about the, you know, whatever. Right. But what happens to people is they get a mask stuck on their face. And so they always have to be in a certain way. Now it's a very interesting thing why this happens. Um, when you're born into the world, yeah. When you come where you, from where you come from, uh, you don't have an identity yet. You're like a new thing. And so what's, what happens to you is this process of identification. You know, you learn about this physical universe, what hurts, um, and you learn your name and you learn that, you know, your social position, you, you get a lot of these identities, and you start to put them on. And, and why is this, why is this happening? Because when you're born, instead of you look for yourself and so as we bump into the world and we get little injuries and wounds and we learn things these are we're actually putting in identities we think of it as memory but um you can probably remember like really positive times like winning an award for something and you became heavily identified with that identity in other words it had a value to you but that identity is a construct it's not you you are this is your greatest power you are a no thing you're not a thing and an identity is a thing. Yeah. And I mean, that's the the real the real beauty of this. And so when y- you start to loosen the identities a little bit and the masks are not stuck to your face, you become a much healthier person because when I'm with Susan, I'm with Susan fully in a that identity. But when I'm with a different person, I'm a different person. Because it's di- why am I the same all the time? It's an odd right. thing. But what we see happening in the culture is a big confusion here. People are being taught that their identities are very, very important. You know, if we just look at sexual identity, the yoga version on sex and like the importance of it, it's very, we don't consider this important. Yes, right. we have parts of tantra, parts that deal with sex, but, you know, I've been abstinent long, long periods of time and it's very easy and pleasant and enjoyable. It's, it's, sex is very unimportant to practicing yogis so because we have this creative energy and we bring it to everything i don't you know it's odd to me i was actually sitting with somebody last night i went out for a snack i wasn't you know here all day working and um and she was talking about how much she just sleeps with everybody and has a lot of sex and her whole life is about sex and she's like you know what about you and i'm like well i've been abstinent for five years now she's like what and i'm like yeah what she's she's like I can't imagine that I'm like imagine what your day would be like if you had not one thought about sex yeah what would you do and that's you know and that's the thing people ask me like you do so many things I'm like yes because I'm not sending the energy downward for a temporary thing we you know especially with our ecstatic practices like kundalini and a sexual organi- orgasm is there's much better things. So, anyways, we because we're not so interested in in the sensual gratification, we don't get stuck in those identities. But we see that as happening a lot in the culture to the point yeah. where people are altering their body towards their own detriment because they're so heavily identified. They put so much importance on sex. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I just when I look at this, I it's not that it's unimportant per se, but it's unimportant in a lot of situations yeah, yeah. when I'm teaching I'm not like thinking about sex when I'm writing when I'm formulating it's my that part of my identity isn't active but now we're seeing that people's identities are being made very active all the time and being taught to fight with each other yeah like look at this look at like well I'm this thing and I have this kind of hair and now that hair has to fight with your hair because it's different and somehow <laughs> your hair impresses my hair and I'm like guys, you're being taught that all of these identities are so important and you're just tearing each other apart. And for what purpose? Yeah. What is the purpose of this? And to me, it looks like a darkness being put on humanity to make them heavily identified with their emotions. Oh, wow. I'm really angry for something that happened in my childhood. Wow. You've been carrying that one horrible moment through all these other ones and, and coloring them with that thing. Yeah, and so now we see that in psychology, they're very much into activating those traumatic moments in a way that doesn't get them to release. So the memory's there, but we we're free of it in in a way that gets it to become more active in the person's life, where it sits on them all the time. And I see this. This is like so much of the trauma work is like we're saying, "Oh, you're really traumatized." You're, you know, if I talk to you about the traumas I've been through, they're insane. But do I yeah. seem traumatized? It's the past. Yeah. yeah, it's there, it happened, you know, it's not repressed, it's, it's been released.
0: Yeah, neutralized.
1: Neutralized, yes, we all have yeah. that past, many, many pasts, but, yeah. but how many of us are actually here in this moment anew, Yeah. right? And Absolutely. so kind of when we, look at, I, when we look at this, we have to look at that concept of identities and, and let them be fluid, like I put on this mask for this and this for this, instead of stuck to my face. Yeah, So. Yeah. Well,
0: and share the importance, because you bring up a great, you know, Western, I remember one of my friends from India, she's like, you Western girls are very, like, she's like, you guys, all you think about is sex. Like, she's like, you just are, like, pushing. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, but because it, it's, you know, very objectified Western culture, but share a little bit more on that, that, you know, the responsibility, not only with our mind, but with our heart and even with our sacral. role energy of what can happen um, in a moment if one is not uh, aware with what they're transmitting into an environment and how complicated that can come, become really rapidly.
1: If a person looks back at the timeline of their life, they will see that most, not all, but a lot of the dramas, the major problems that came in their life came from, the, from sex came around sex from wanting it and not getting it, getting it, and not be happy, changing this person, hurting that. Like if you look at the whirlwind of the dramas of negative emotions and confusion that manifested in most people's lives, it's because we've made this thing so important and we haven't understood sex. Why is it so important? I just find that so strange yeah. as someone who's really been, it, that it's so important in the life that it dominates so many other aspects that to me seem much more important and um so what do what do we do about this it, it's a little hard for me to understand because i became a practicing brahmacharya very young so it's a little hard to to but but it's the same thing all of my girlfriends is just sex 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 and you know i'm like can we talk about something you know so i what i think about it is that we have been made in the culture it's made very important And, and also we've, we've, we've been encouraged, we've been taught that our freedom is promiscuity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're oftentimes physically, you know, connecting with you before we've made an emotional bond, before we even know the person, you know, I remember when I was dating that usually on the third date, people expect to sleep with you. That's insane to me. That's a, you know, it's a very intimate personal thing, especially as a Yogi and how we take care of ourselves to it, it's not even possible for me to feel attracted in that way to someone so that but it's almost been like pushed on women as a sign of their liberation and you know and i'm speaking very much from a female perspective because sex for men and women is a very different thing and to pretend yeah. it's not is a disservice to all the young women yeah, yeah. and yep. So what do we do with it? I, I I don't know, you know, aside from people, really a long conversation about what that energy is and how it can be redirected and why you might be interested in using your creative force for something else until we have that really long dialogue and, and talk about, you know, what when you have sex with another person, it's forever. Yeah. You're, 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 that, that, that can, it's forever. So, so now how confusing is it? You know, how confusing is it to everybody to have all of these deep, intense, you know, chemically driven emotional experiences with different people and for what purpose it's, it becomes very, very confusing. Yeah. And you see this confusion and, and then the, the sex life becomes very compulsive. Yeah. These are the two things I see. And I don't see a lot of good that comes from promiscuity. I'm like, well, are you, I'm just my viewpoint. I don't care. It's your body. Yeah. Like I'm very much like you do what you want. I just see when there's a heavy amount of promiscuity that usually the rest of the life, the the business, the career, the dreams, the self-care, all of this seems to get a little bit out. Now, I'm not saying for everybody all of the time, but in general, I don't see that the life is on a good track with a promiscuous activity and viewpoint or with a where 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 the priority in life is towards this one little act as if it's so amazing yeah. I, just, I just think there's better things maybe because yeah. I tasted them younger I, I don't know so it's a, it's a, it's still confusing to me so I don't talk about it a lot because I know the cult it's, it's a big thing to change in the culture you know and uh, and I don't want my students to ever feel like judged Cause I really don't care. I just kind of like, Oh, huh, it's funny. You keep doing that thing. It doesn't seem to work out, but okay. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of my viewpoint on it. I'm like, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, I, I definitely think that, that, that kind of intimacy is, is best with like done in a good emotional bond where there's a healthy yeah. emotion. Yeah? yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, you know, I, from my viewpoint, it creates a lot of control, you know, because it's a very potent energy, very potent. And and so it could be better utilized for creative as everything we do has the sacral energy in it. And it's just a matter that's, that's where it can kind of become grasping and uh, diminishing uh, and maybe even addictive for people many people actually you know it's it.
1: highly addictive no it's yeah. maybe the most addictive and, and it can be used yeah. here's the other thing is that if you're out if this energy is out of control in you you don't have a good direction of that sadhastana chakra the sacral energy you're easy to manipulate you become yeah. you know you because you're that energy can be it's so potent it can be directed many places and if you're not directing it people around you whether consciously or unconsciously will take control which is why you know really the practices for this should be taught very young. Yeah. Very young, you know, so that people have a good relationship with their with their energies.
0: Yeah. No, it's sacred energy for sure. Uh that would be good to teach. So yeah. you,
1: you think you think yeah. also I did you know, take
0: my son on a vision quest when he was 10 and taught him that this the sacred dance between the male and the female. Uh, that's
1: That's awesome. But here's an interesting viewpoint to just, you know, for everyone that's listening, if you've made it this far, um, here's one thing to kind of look at. If you look back at at your life, you know, I'm 43. So if you look back at your life and you look at all of the people that you've been intimate with and look at what's kind of come out of that, how many of those would you look back and say, maybe I should have just had a friendship with that person and waited a little bit to know them more because look at the karmas that came out. What if you had just waited yep. and, and, and known them for, what if you were like, no sex until I've known you for three months? Yeah. Oh, well, and you just did that as a meditation because if you're still wanting to be together after three months, then maybe that's a, a you know, maybe there's something there. Yeah. But once you become intimate, the, you go crazy and, you know, everyone goes crazy. So what if something like that was done? How different would your life be? Yeah, and and yeah. some of the people that you do that to, you'll you'll just decide to be friends because you'll realize ah, oh, the nature of this relationship is more like this. Right. And what if we did that? We got to know somebody for a, a while and went hiking and did things during the day and you know, saw if they were a good companion, are they kind? You know, got to know like how does a person show up in life, not transactional. Well, I'll be nice to you maybe if you have sex with me or something like this. It's <laughs> happening. And if you look back at your life and you were to like how many of the relationships would you say wow maybe I should have just waited and I I, you know the answer will be some you know which doesn't you know you might say well that person became someone important in my life yes it's okay to have friends maybe you didn't create any of the drama and the karmas of of a sexual connection and and then after kind of looking and being honest with yourself you know because there's no shame we just want to look then maybe in the future we say ah yeah, you know, and I think so many women, I again, I speak a lot from a female pr- perspective. Yeah. I think so many women feel pressured to have sex early because they might lose the person. Mm. But do you see the problem there? The if if the, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, if the person's only going to be with you because of sex and then, and then somehow what you're going to work out the rest of it, they probably that's probably a sign that's not the right person. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so work out the rest of it first. And then when you become intimate, it's such a different kind of intimacy and you feel safe and and good and you've already built a relationship so if something comes up, you'll know how to communicate with each other And, and this, you know, is what I recommend and I know that that's hard because you know men don't have that idea, and you have to navigate. And and I do recommend if someone likes to take on this idea in their dating life that they communicate that and why. It's not like hidden, so the person feels rejected because in today's age they will feel rejected. They'll be like, "Well, she must not like me." So you tell them that that as part of your spiritual practice you spend three months, and it's not that you don't like sex, because don't find them attractive, but you just want to have a a really deep emotional bond and a friendship first and see what happens and you just be very honest and say that you know i know most people aren't like this but it's my way of actually respecting you yeah and you know and then you'll find people that are with you are ones with high integrity it's a very good vetting system and yes you might be alone but it's nice i actually I, know a guy
0: that he recommends to men that he mentors to wait a year
1: he well, said that's if, better
0: he, he said if i can hang out with us, his wife he's like I waited a year I wanted to know if I was to be around her for a whole year before doing that
1: (laughs) right and look now he's so 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 we see that when we apply this restraint and this wisdom to our personal relationship and the discipline and and the clarity of communicating it we end up with really good partnerships and and a life with a good partner is takes on a, a very different Expression than a life with turbulent romance because turbulent romance destroys everything else in your life. It does. Think about that. When you're going, how many years of your life were spent a turbulent romance? And then you look back and you're like, shit, I could have been doing awesome things. But instead yeah. I was, where is he gonna, he gonna love me? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Oh, i so do my hair like this, or you know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, you're hilarious. Well, and so this this topic actually, unbeknownst to like entering into it around the sacral, really is another component of that self care, where someone might say, "Oh, I'm just gonna go and get a massage and feel better," but to really acknowledge um, that component. And when we talk about your beautiful company that you created, um, you know you're the act of like the bathing, like, you know, your bath bombs and all those things. And even, um, sitting through one of, it was like a week beauty cleanse or something, but the mm-hmm. soaking is so amazing. Cause you like really address some of these things that might be stored in your sacral, of maybe having some of those people, partners, people, <laughs> the feminine inside of you that you shouldn't have let inside of you but to clear that out so if you can share a little bit about the purification because you know it is a brand new day every day but to those energetic ley lines because this is the interesting thing i don't think most people um, realize is you create an energetic as you were um, saying with this person and like trauma you want to neutralize it. But the sacral energy is really interesting because as soon as someone like recalls it, it like engages you with them again. So if your partner's long gone, but all of a sudden he or she is recalling it, there's this ley line that's re-engaged. Unless the two people are really um, in a beautiful practice to release and not like do that. Um, So share a little bit about the cleansing, the purification and ways to release those bonds uh, for the listeners that might be realizing like, wow, because that can cause a lot of mental instability.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that it's important that all... Human beings have an education on their energetic field and spend some time with this because it affects you completely all the time. And if you have people that do have an understanding of it, it makes you vulnerable if they happen to be ill-aspected you know but most people think of energy as some sort of i don't know if the good vibes are, but they they don't spend any time looking at the systems which are very well articulated you'd have to find really good teachers but to understand those systems so when we're talking about svadhisthana chakra second chakra this is the first place that we see the duality manifest you know because the, the root is a container more so it hasn't really become dual and then here at the second chakra we see the the blossoming of the Sacral energy, the sexual energy, the creative energy. And this is the, the place where mood or taste becomes a consideration. And it's the, the, the house where all emotions and poetry and art and dance and music originates. Now, of course, that's it's the birth point, but that also is tinged by the expressions of the other psychic, emotional, energetic centers, which people call chakras. So with this particular one, um, Purification. Well, as far as like, since we're talking about this subject of like the connected lines, this is something that it takes two people to have that connection. So if you end the connection on your side, it ends there. Yeah. And so how do you do that? (laughs) Uh, Well, the truth is by decision but but oftentimes you find you can't make that decision it just doesn't happen you don't release it yes so so then maybe you create or you find a ritual for releasing those connections and you would want to be very systematic with each person and the best way to to actually cut a bond just so you know to cut that is with a blessing Okay. So Uh-oh. your greatest protection, whenever anybody comes you know, at you for anything is always to bless them. It stops there. It stops immediately. Yeah. So the, the, the form for a blessing is as you cut this cord, which is going to be much harder if you have a lot of negative emotion towards the person, because it's very sticky. The negative emotion you have to a person holds the bond. So you have to let go of that. Yeah. So, what you do in the process of letting go at the same time of cutting the cord is you meditate and you imagine that they are be that you are sending them wish fulfilling nectar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blessings. And, and it's to what they want. You're not like wishing them anything specific. You're sending them the nectar, the essence of a wish being fulfilled. And you see this and you continue it until there's so much that it's almost like it coming out their pores and their eyes. Yes. And you just visualize that. And when you see it very fully, you allow the cord to fall away. Well, you don't even need to cut it, just dissolve. And you do it systematically with with each person. And if you have a big charge around that person, you won't like doing this, but you should anyways. Yes, you should anyways, because it, it clears up a lot of the karmic impulses. And then if you do decide to have another relationship or continue, it allows that to be from a fresh place without cords. It's easier to do in the bath or in a meditative setting. But of course, any setting, any atmosphere you create is just a prop to assist you. None of this is required, but it can help. So you have to know what is the level of your practice. Can you just sit still in the middle of traffic and release cords? Fine, then good. Do you require a different atmosphere? Well, then create it. Give yourself what's needed and, uh, and don't hurry. You may take, you know, if there's been a long history of creating a lot of these bonds, be systematic. Do as much as you can, and then leave it for that day. Because it's better to be thorough and systematic than to try to get through them all at once because you're in a hurry. Ah, you got time.
0: It's it's like step nine. People get really excited about step nine in AA, or they like come and they're like, "Okay, I got." I'm like, "Slow down." Right. <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Reconciling.
2: Well, uh, oh, reconciling. Amends.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah
1: making amends so making amends. yeah 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 so, yeah so this you know I, I recommend that that it's done systematically and regularly and and also in relationships that so you just any any bondage relationships of any kind familial anything negative positive even is that you you do the same process it just allows a renewing so that in a fresh unit of time the two people can connect i also do this with my friendships it's one of the way i keep it very healthy yeah. yeah. that we always greet each other anew because they, when I clear it for me, it also clears for them. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Well, and yeah. And share, like if you do feel, if someone feels the energy coming towards them, that they could utilize this practice to um, mm-hmm. put it back where it's in a healthy space.
1: The best defense for all psychic attacks, it's a high gradient defense is to bless the person. right because why are they attacking you because they want something they want something from you yeah what is an attack it's an effort to get they want something they feel like you took something from them that you hurt them that someone else hurt them and you remind them of that either way the solution if you're god if you want to stop a person from trying to harm you is to actually bring to them because why are they doing this because they really want something in life they've never had And what do we say? Well, you're a bad person. So for sure you get nothing except even more hate, (laughs) right? And so that person that's attacking has just gotten so much of that that uh, that the only way they have to get something from someone is to attack. And so it's just this, it's an inflamed state. Like I could explain it in like the term of oxidation. I made a big post about this the other day. It's an inflamed state. What do they actually need is blessings. If you take a person who's all twisted up from life and they're acting in a twisted way, it's because life is how do you untwist them as blessings wish fulfilling nectar wish and that's where you have to check your own practice yeah well but it's that like thing that we talked about earlier but that person is bad so the bad one we give no admiration the bad one stays bad because they want something they have no other way of getting it yeah than harming and so if we give them blessings which is the opposite of what they always get they will self-correct in so many situations so that's the best way to cut a cord whenever you find yourself thinking negatively about some asshole from your past (laughs) ding ding me here what do I do I have the inner discipline because I know that I want to cut that bond and I want to be free and I know that the way to free myself is to bless them Indiscriminate of how much I might judge or evaluate the poor quality of their actions, thoughts, and deeds. You know? Oh. You
2: know
1: right? And it works if you have the discipline to do it.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's why it's a practice.
1: And a I'd like to bless them by pushing them off a train, Ray. It's my blessing. And here, onto your next incarnation. Yeah. You know, I understand that. But. Yeah. See you
0: on the other side of that.
1: again next round
0: (laughs) here we are again you can feel that sometimes when you cross them again um so at this you know radiance nectar blessings you know as mechanisms for self-care uh if one wants to stay in forward motion because as we started this conversation it was you know being stuck in old patterns or attachments, or the mind going back and reliving and rehashing, uh, can you bring it all together in the sense of these? You know, I look in the heart and the mind; they mirror each other so much. And then we have this creative energy that wants to help us go forward and manifest. You know, these masteries that we're destined to. Um, can you share a little bit about uh, how? maybe you or you encourage your students to stay in their discipline so they can reach these different uh, expressions of their mastery?
1: Well, most of the people that work with me are in like courses where they're with me for a while um, because what what I, the biggest important, the most important thing is daily practice. And that's, and that's the biggest obstacle because you prioritize everything else in your life, which doesn't make you a wizard. Yeah. yeah. And you don't do the one thing that makes you a wizard, you know, and that's the, and that why, because you've decided that your, your practice is some sort of punishment for being bad at life. You know, there's that, it's like a hidden thing. You're like, oh, I hate to meditate. Why sit down and, and, and do the work. Yeah. So you have to create a daily practice and whatever that looks like from 30 seconds to all day. Yeah. And, and so what I do with my students is I give them practices and I, they're in groups where they talk about their practice and they have a sangha and they know that other people are practicing too. And, and that's really important, you know, because the the issue for many people is one of discipline in all areas of life. So we have to have a way of facilitating that discipline, even in our, even like within ourselves or in a group. And so you have to be mature enough to decide what you need and find a way to, to, to do the right actions. And some, you might need to be part of a meditation group. You might be like, I'm going to now do a practice every day, but you should spend some time also understanding what meditation is because you'll, you, this is very important that it's understood because there's so many different kinds of meditation that you have a proper definition for the elements of meditation for all the different kinds, for all the different purposes. and you won't find many teachers that will actually define meditation, meditative state, different kinds of meditation. So you must seek that out on your own to have clear definitions of these words and then do it. And that's the, that I, (laughs) I do it every day, you know, (laughs) long, long practice. Yeah? Yeah. Long, long practice in this life. And because that's, it's like, it's like meditation. There's so many different kinds, but they're all, towards calibrating the instrument. Yeah. And this world is coming at you and discalibrating, miscalibrating it. So if you don't spend any time calibrating the instrument, how the hell do you think you're gonna be in 50 years on this planet? You're gonna yeah. be a hot mess, yeah. yeah? And then you think, well, you know, maybe it'll just happen by magic one day. It won't. That's the other big mistake is postponing your spiritual development. Biggest yeah. mistake, people like think it's something they're going to do when they're 50. Do it as young as possible because yeah. everything changes afterwards. Uh-huh. No, but I'm chasing this boy and I'm going to take this, that. No, 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 no. You get very solid spiritual practice. Life moves in a different karmic pattern.
2: Yeah. Um, do that first. Uh,
1: Prioritize it first. Meditate first and the whole day is a blessing.
0: Yeah, agreed it's beautiful
1: that's some some nice hippie stuff so aside from like fixing minds and hearts and bodies i also fix people's skin
0: (laughs) yes which is incredible so you know it's a a good roundabout for us to like uh, punctuate this conversation with is your your beauty that you the radiance that you provide all of us that get to lather ourselves up and uh feel your radiance um share a little bit about where you come because you've been um, keep evolving and it's so beautiful to see and you have some really like uh, special things that are available that when you talk about you know liking objects it's really fun just to look at your product and it's even more fun to put it on your body Uh, so share a little bit about
1: Like this one, this one's so pretty. This is our, so I make like, um, full, I have a full line of skincare. That's basically, um, it's all fresh. So we're the only fresh skincare because fresh matters so much, you know, it's like, here's a salad. How about if I preserve it for six months? You want to eat that? No, you want it fresh. Well, why do we think our skincare should have been sitting on a shelf for like, you know, a couple of years. So we, we make fresh, but we also make things that are very high quality. So the entire brand is um, every, all the sourcing is like, I don't source for like, Oh, this is the cheapest version of it. I right. source for the most effective version. Like let's say if I'm using like a pomegranate oil. Yeah. I I'll, I'll try samples from so many different companies until I find the one that I'm like, ah, and so that's, yep. that's what makes the the brand so different is it's, it's aesthetically pleasing i mean these look nice um the it's very very pure so this is our female hydration serum this is not a lubricant yeah it's it's a it's a recovery for you know all kinds of of, of things that you might have it's amazing yes. and uh so basically i make products that restore the skin to a vibrant health because your skin is a, it's first off the only organ you can really touch and affect and it eats everything you put on it. So if you're putting, you know, products on that are full of poisons, well, what do you think you're doing to your bloodstream, to your, to your vibes, to your skin? You know, what do you think is happening? It's nothing good. And most of the products, even the ones that are more natural, don't have very, either are full of poisons or just have very useless ingredients. Yeah. So as we get older, you know, when you're young, you can get away with so much because the skin has a lot of elasticity and collagen and, you know, but as we get older, this cycle, the skin is cycling, you're growing an entire new skin every 28 to 40 days. Well, why does it not get better? What, what What's the problem? Why, why is the skin oftentimes in people getting in a worse condition? Because in that cycle, you have to interrupt it. Yeah, just like if you don't move your body, body gets diminished, so you go and work out. That that workout needs to be there. So what I do is I make the nutrition, yeah? And then, you know, you massage your face, you do, you know, use a gua sha, you do something to kind of make the skin get vital. And same thing with the body, you know, we, we massage our body, we have different practices with different oils. And then what happens is that this skin becomes, more and more healthy in other words you look better and better and yes of course we're going to get some wrinkles and but it's still you can you you see some like yogis that are 80 years old and they got a few wrinkles but they're the whole skin is alive yeah. the other thing we have to think about when you talk about the skin is that your skin and your emotional body are very much linked yeah and you, a lot of people have, you know, see this. this so this is called psychodermatology, which is now proven. Yogis have known forever. But yeah. you know, that, what, what's, what, what's, when we see like really bad acne and I'm someone that had acne, there's something going on inside yeah. that person. Yeah. And this is being, te- your skin telegraphs to people what's going on. So yeah. that's why when people are wearing makeup, they're trying to show something that's not true. They're hiding Yeah, and heavy makeup all over the skin. You see this. Well, I'm of the viewpoint that it's good to grow your skin really healthy. And then if you choose to occasionally wear makeup and have fun, fine. But, you know, when it comes to our skin, if you're embarrassed, you flush, you see that emotional change. Or if you're scared, your skin crawls. Well, if you're every day frustrated and angry, your skin does not get enough blood flow, nutrients, circulation. Also, you'll get a lot more wrinkles. You'll be scrunched every time, you know, people get these lines, (laughs) yeah, yeah, because they don't release the tension. They're all day scrunching their lips. They're washing dishes, scrunching their lips. They're driving, scrunching their lips. So this is what I recommend, like a gua sha with some of our serums, you know, to massage that in so that the tissue doesn't get those deep grooves. We release that and, and, and help it to grow back in a better condition and hopefully treat the frustration as well.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Um, do you
1: have hair oils? I um, do okay. yeah I have um so I have our formula I think it's 61 or 62 um I have a hair serum that's amazing uh and what this does is it it just um you can use it for your scalp if you have like scalp issues it'll it'll balance that um the scalp but it also to just heal the hair and you don't need much just a few drops unless you have like really thick curly hair that you want more um, yeah. just a few drops and um, it, it just restores the hair. It smells amazing and just keeps it healthy. Yeah, of course. Love the hair oil.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking, cause we store so much in our face and even in our scalp. That
1: um, Well, I use awesome. a lot of a different scrubs. So like, you know like this is this is um this is a sample of our of one of our larger scrubs yeah um and this is a spice scrub so f37 yeah i just until we don't we have don't have everything labeled so half yeah. our line is labeled like this with these pretty yeah. labels but the scrubs and stuff they'll all get to those eventually when, when yeah. we buy more products yeah. um the more sales we have then we just add more products too yeah so Super fun. But our scrubs are just a fantastic thing. And and most people think of scrubs like the kind of cheap, overly scented kind. The ones that we have all these really uh, aromatic and healing herbs. So as you like work it into the skin, you leave it on for a while and you actually... The skin gets nourished and fed and stimulated and calm, depending on which scrub it is. Yeah. And you just rinse that off and you have skin that's super soft. So all the rough patches are gone. Toned, it helps with like cellulite, helps with lymphatic drainage. And then you get like some of the scrubs, like I have a, I have a scalp scrub that has shatavari in it, which is an herb. You probably know shatavari. Yeah it translates to woman with a hundred lovers, you know? So it's like, in, in, speaking of the sacral chakra, you know, So that it, it just increases yeah. that vital force. And you put that on the scalp, you know, I tell them you leave it on like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and you get like, you get like, you feel it. And so that's the nice thing, you know, when you're doing scrubs that are kind of inspired by old Ayurvedic techniques, is that yeah. if someone has something, they would have to go to a doctor to get, in a scrub, in their shower, and you just feel, but when your skin feels better, it's like the one thing we can really do every day to be in a better condition. And once you kind of put these little self-care rituals around your home, it's easy. And kind of get out of the the poorly made product thing because, uh, listen, when I started getting into skincare, I was just blown away at what other people, because I'm formulating everything. And then I look at other people's formulations and I'm like,
0: yeah, I I can't even. (laughs) Yeah. And to be noted, even for people that think they're getting something organic, I learned this recently from someone that's in the commercial skincare line and it's supposedly organic. And I'm not going to say the brand, but she was saying that the owners were like, we don't care if you have to source out the product, just put it in there, no matter what the label said. So that's the other thing for people to be aware that, you know, trust your gut and your instinct, especially if you're using it on your body it, that it might not be what they're saying it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times it's not. Or here's the other trick is like, you know, again, I'll go back to pomegranate oil. So let's say I, I'm using pomegranate oil in something. Well, what happens is that a brand will also say, oh, we're using pomegranate oil and you get all of the benefits. But they're using a you know totally denatured, totally processed, non-aromatic, all the antioxidants removed version. And it's still legal to say it's pomegranate oil and it may be organic pomegranate oil. It may right. be organic, yeah. but it's still been totally denatured uh-huh. to the processing. And yeah. this is, and you don't know. And that's why that's why I think our company has grown so much, is because we have a, people, once you try the products, you you buy them again and again because yeah. we're because you know that I have, um, that I'm making products really for me. It's all yeah. to my standard, you know, as a product junkie. So it's all to my standard. So I care. And that's why the brand, you don't use low quality things because it, I want you to have something that comes that's like heaven in a jar, heaven in a bottle. And you get it and you're like, oh, ah! <laughs> you know, you immediately start to radiate. And you can't believe that someone cared that much to make something yes. so good. And that's what I, that's what I aim for. And I think we kind of hit it.
0: (laughs) I think you have, you have hit it. Um, Beautiful. So we have that lover's holiday coming up. Uh, We'll put your site, any, any good shout outs that people should look for? uh, Well, right
1: now I have what I call my pre Valentine's day sale. And we put our sales usually up at the top of the page. So we'll probably have a Valentine's day sale too. Um, we have some really great packs for romance, you know, so, so different scrubs that work for different things to get your skin just amazing. Because, you know, if you are seeing someone and you're planning Valentine's, let's, let's take care of all the, all the spots so that you're just like, feel great in your own skin, whether you're naked or not. (laughs) Yeah, you're
0: hilarious. (laughs)
1: Listen, it's it's no you're like, to if, if you're oh. gonna be doing it let's get you into goddess like oh here i am no. like you know yeah. <laughs> so we um, have some really nice uh kits and packages um and everything's made fresh so when you order it yeah it's made fresh within that week mm-hmm. which no one else you, does that Oh, no, it's amazing it's truly amazing
0: so i'm so proud of you And I love having you on. So I appreciate you being here today. We'll make sure we share all the links below here, there, and everywhere.
1: Well, thank you so much, my love. Once again, I want to thank Ray
0: for being here today and for all of you listening in. All the links connected to Ray's great work are listed below from skincare to yoga And may you all find your radiance to share with one another. Until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply.
3: What makes it beautiful? The way it is. The way it looks at you. The way it lives. The way it feels. The way it gives, the way you call it mine and grasp onto it. But if ill intended, true beauty will fade. Can't be manufactured, not man made. It's brewed in the soul like a fine wine with a little bit of love and a little bit.
2: hard to find but easy to follow beauty is as beauty does until tomorrow
3: what makes it beautiful